0: of life's greatest questions is what happens to us after we die. Is death the end or a new beginning? Welcome to the Round Trip Death Podcast. In this show, we listen to first-hand accounts of people who have been clinically dead and return to talk about it. All right, we have with us today Steve Nowak. Welcome, Steve.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Um, interesting experiences that you've had in your life starting at age four, and we're going to let you jump right into it. What led up to your near-death experience as a child?
1: Well, let's see. Um, I was uh, getting ready to go to the mall with my family. I was across the street. Uh, I was on a big wheel, a very uh, very loaded a ground plastic tricycle. So I left the driveway. I went uh, in between two parked cars. I was struck by a drunk driver, and she didn't know she had hit me and continued to drive. So she dragged me basically to the end of the road. Um, And the very first thing I remember is a blur and then witnessing myself from above, kind of above me. And I watched my eyes roll back in my head, and then everything sort of faded to black. And then the black opened up to another picture where I was sitting with someone or who I thought was someone. So as I'm sitting, I'm leaning on someone and I think I'm just waking up. Okay. Something happened. I'm waking up. As as I'm sitting on this person, my head's sort of down, my eyes open. And the very first thing I see is silver white it was hard to describe the color, but if I could say luminescent, it was kind of like that hair, probably about six inches off the ground. And I noticed the bottom of their, whatever it was, robe. To me, it looked like a robe. Um, And I turned, you know, to ask this, what I thought was person, a question. And when I turned, they had no face. They only had light. In the place where their face should be, and a hood, which was congruent with the robe. And as I turn to this being, I look at their face, I'm immediately wondering why I'm not squinting, because uh, to me, in my logical mind, it was very—it was brighter than the sun, but it—it it didn't make me squint. And that's when we began exchanging words, but without moving our mouths. And I became aware of that. I'm like, hey, we're not moving our mouth, but it was just kind of like a secondary thought. So basically, I asked them what had happened, and they told me I was in an accident. Um, I was a little nervous. They told me just put your head down; everything is going to be okay. So before I did that, I looked. I took. I was looking to my right at this, what I thought was a person at the time. I took my my uh, gaze off of them. And I went to the left and I appeared to be in what looked like a square room that was all carpeted with benches all around and no one else, just me and this person, I would say the room was probably off white if I had to guess. So as I turned off of looking at this being after they said what they said, the wall seemed to turn translucent or disappear, whatever you can call it. And I started to see a a world, which I kind of thought was our world, but it wasn't our world. It looked like our world, but it was a pristine version. It was crystal clear. And this being told me there was no hate there. There was no anger. There was no fear. Only love was sustainable in this place. And and it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. No painting can touch it. The colors were so vibrant. The colors seemed to breathe. They seemed to be alive. That's that's how beautiful it was. And I could feel myself wanting to go there. And as I looked at this being who was to my right, I could feel myself being pulled, sort of pulled towards the light in this face that this being had. And that's when we discussed uh, me wanting to leave. And then that's when they introduced or mentioned the idea, which I didn't understand at the time of a walk-in of some souls wanting to leave and other advanced souls coming in to take their place, uh, which I agreed to, which I didn't realize at the time, you know, of course I was just so young, um, They also told me they were gonna block a lot of it out until I was older and could understand it. So this being began to speak about other things that they were going to impart to me, uh, different things about human evolution and consciousness, uh, our time period, and the word ascension was mentioned of consciousness. And this advanced soul returning at a certain time period, that was very important for humanity to advance and, and clear what I understand now for myself as subconscious. So this being began to explain to me the quantum field, which it showed me and it looked like a blueprint is the best way I can describe it. It's like if you were looking at a blueprint before you build anything, and I was able to see this blueprint and this field And then that's when this being told me human beings have, I don't want to say file because that's the way I understand it now, but you could say an imprint, an original embodiment contained within this field, within this place, and that they can claim it at any time uh, for healing, blah, blah, blah. That I was going to be connected there and later in my life do some sort of work that helps people. Remember who they are, rediscover their true selves, uh, find love within their being. So after this being brought me to what looked like a blueprint all around us, uh, and it sort of explained some of the quantum mechanics, quantum physics, uh, which I had no recollection until the the return of this this type of energy into my life, I was shown myself as a center point in kind of like a cylinder. And now there was a cylinder or screen all around me. I was in the middle and this being explained that you were born as love. You came into this original body as a singularity of love. And then the being proceeded to explain that we send out this love into material reality and then receive it back in order to cycle and understand our experience here. So the being began to show me in this sort of like screen all around me, memories and, and that I had had and different images. And then it explained to me that these were data, that this was data and you were in a place that was mostly run by the input and output of energy so the being also explained that it was possible to do your life review while you were still alive and of which i later started to understand was soul retrieval uh, by giving the correct uh, inputs and commands to what i understand now as our energetic system
0: that's really interesting that yours uh your experience was a little more of a uh, scholastic scientific kind of thing than than some that i've heard if i could go back for a second you talked about looking i think it was to your left and seeing this pristine world can you describe that and tell me what you think that was
1: i'm pretty sure it was heaven and then that's when i got the longing to wanting to go there i didn't want to uh, be here anymore And uh, that's when I asked, and then that's when the being started to explain, uh, there's gonna be a time period coming for people where they're gonna need this knowledge and then they're gonna be expanding. They went into a little bit about the sun and geomagnetics and causing our emotions to rise to the surface. Uh, They taught me a little bit about frequencies at the time, um, but not too much on that, that was discovered later. But when I saw this world and I felt this world, it was perfect. There was nothing of a lower value that, that was there. I mean, it, it was pure, I don't want to say ecstasy, but you could say that it, for your being. Um, it was the only place I wanted to be.
0: So was it hard to, to then not be able to go there and, and eventually just come back to reality here?
1: Um, honestly, at four? I didn't have too much still longing, but I had that stirring feeling in me. It, it was there, but I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't have enough contrast that floor because we were basically being programmed towards seven. I didn't have that, oh man, I wanted to go there, you know, as if I were older and I were trying to escape something. But I was definitely aware if something had happened, but I never had the full access to the memory until this being came back and spoke the same exact words and the same exact voice to me in about 2008.
0: Okay, tell us about that. How, how, old, how old were you at that time, and how did that happen?
1: Well, I was about 33. Um, it happened during uh, basically a routine surgery. I was uh, really, I will say, I was really bent on my own self-destruction. For a lot of my early years, a lot of car accidents, flipping cars over five times, um, things like that. So I needed a surgery for one of those accidents. And as I was having the surgery, which I I talked about a little bit earlier, that's when the voice came into me. And the energy started from my toes all the way up to my head. And all I can say, it was like being hugged by every grandmother in the world. At the same time, and it was so it was warm and peaceful, and I was like, "Yeah, everything is gonna be okay," you know. From a, a, a it was like somebody hit a light switch, from the anxiety to that, and then that's when uh, I was working as a, a as a retail store manager at the time. That's when I started to notice other things were going on. Uh, I had healing abilities and other gifts that just started to poke through.
0: Uh, ex- explain that you felt like you were hugged by every grandmother in the world. I, I haven't, I haven't heard anyone say it quite like that before. Do you feel like that was God's love? What was going on there?
1: Oh yeah, I, for sure. I feel divine love. It, it, it was divine energy uh, from God or this being who I came to understand was an Elohim or an angel, um, what we would call an angel, but it's not really fitting to what they really are but yeah it was like I was wrapped in a blanket of velvet love and it was soft and then just like you you ate grandma's cookies and you were playing outside all day in the snow and you came in and had hot cocoa best way I could describe it was there was nothing outside of that feeling that was wrong
0: sort of like a coming home
1: yeah yeah it was like I was back home again
0: yeah, that makes sense. Do you think that being was the same one that you interacted with as a child?
1: I do believe so, yeah. And uh, I've I've tried to, through my work, you know, uh, do a lot of healing work, psychic stuff, which I kind of understand is just an inter- interpretation of quantum mechanics by our field, and we have an intuitive processor in us. But I've tried to find out who it was, names, and just maybe not important enough for me to know I don't know focus on you know the things that they told me are important for this time
0: so at this time when you were 33 do you felt like that was a near-death experience or or more just some some more memories and consciousness coming to you
1: well they told me they were coming back and they came back so that that's the way I equate it uh, to the walk-in. Um, They said it was for this time period on Earth when many advanced souls will be arriving to help with uh, humanity's evolution, put put it that way. That's the best way I can describe it, in consciousness. And for me, sure enough, they came back. And it took me about 10 to 15 years of a lot of deep work and letting go of the darker parts of myself to really understand and open those channels.
0: Is there anything else that you can remember from, from your NDE as a child? Other things that you saw, felt, anything like that?
1: I did see people in this image. In this image, I saw you know, children, animals, people. Um, I understood they were all happy. It was a place that you speak without speaking, and that it was just complete love and peace. And um, they also told me a bit about resonation, about some souls uh, leave fragments behind because they're not resonating high enough to be accepted into this place. And they get recycled through source consciousness. And they live on as sort of fragments of our consciousness that are seeking to serve through us to get back to their wholeness. Uh, they're sort of split from themselves themselves although they're not aware uh they kind of talked about a a a screen of frequency that will allow some frequencies in and the lower frequencies stay out and that that's the heaven i was shown
0: and you had some kind of it almost sounded like a life review but but you were only four years old what what was there to see and learn from that
1: Uh, I'm not entirely sure whether they were showing me so that I could show others because I do that now, or whether they were showing me because it was my life review. But I was able to understand the information that they gave me and implement it when I needed it. It was like I was being programmed in a way.
0: So do you think it was a review of things that happened before you were four years old or maybe things that were going to happen later on?
1: I think it was a little bit of each to be honest with you. Um, I think it was more important for them to convey to me, uh, to understand this as data, you're dealing with data and, uh, how useful that would be in my life later on. Um, but yeah, once, once again, it was like a screen and I was just a beam of energy in the middle. And it was like having a movie screen with different memories and images and, uh, of course I couldn't recall all my memories at four. So, you know, maybe there were a bunch up there that I, I didn't recognize or even focus on at the time.
0: And you mentioned that you saw other people. Tell me about that. And them.
1: Ah, uh, they were dancing and, and playing. And it was what I would describe as probably having their best moments on earth times a million. Um, They were singing and dancing and playing, and uh, their world seemed to breathe. The colors were breathing. Um, I also became aware of that there were different versions for each person of heaven in a way that they could live what they wanted to.
0: And you also mentioned, I thought it was fascinating, you talked about the Colors and the fascinating colors. Tell explain that some more.
1: Oh, it's like colors you just don't see on earth. And I was colorblind, so <laughs> um they breathe energy and it was like everything was flowing and almost had its own emanation about it. Um it, it caused me to question a little bit, of course, at the time, is this real? Is this real? Um, but it was, it, I can't, it's hard to find earth words to really convey uh, the beauty of it. But you were just, you were not your body there and you were just perfect and everything was perfect.
0: Also, you said that you were told to put, to put your head down. Everything's going to be okay. What did that mean? And why put your head down?
1: Well, that's when I, I that's when I had turned to ask, I said, what, what happened? And then that was your their response. Steven, put your head down. Everything's going to be okay. And before I put my head down, that's when I started to look around. That's when I wanted to leave, and I got this, this sort of pull to leave, and I, I just wanted to go.
0: Is there anything else from your NDE that you'd like to express to people out there?
1: Yes. Um, that, as I sat with this light being, they also explained to me uh, Holy Spirit, the Christ, and God, in a way that uh, I could understand it. Yeah, uh, what they explained to me was, and I'm not saying this applies to everybody, but what they explained to me that God was the computational power to create with what we send out. So God was that value that helps us create, um, and also the power we have to create our own world, uh, that we live in through our nervous system, uh, which, which there was talk about how important that was to create their correct energy within us to allow the correct energy into us. Um, they, well, the way they explained it to me was Christ as being a singular expression of love, being a singular force of love that was, uh, untarnishable. They also explained the Holy Spirit as something that came down from above, met with uh, this inheritance that we ha- all have, or they told me we all have inside of us, our heart coherence. So they explained to me the Holy Spirit will come down, hit the Christ, and then you will expand. Now, when I asked a little more about that, they 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 told me we're dealing with time, space and matter and time being when you are, uh, space being where you are and matter being what you are at this time. And they were very, very uh, adamant to explain that you are not your body, that you are an energetic being uh, animating this body. You are playing a character, which you actually you're playing yourself. As a character, they they did also explain that we all need contrast. We need positive and negative, or we wouldn't be able to maintain our mass. Without negative, if it was totally gone, we'd just float away in the molecule. Um, so basically, they were explaining contrast, uh, positive, negative forces, and at this console, it seemed to be some sort of programming taking place. Now I don't know 100% if I was programming my experience but I it feels as if I were programming a baseline to be built on and then that's the most I could interpret out of it.
0: And that contrast that's interesting. I've I've always thought of that as opposites like there's a law of opposites.
1: Absolutely.
0: There's always good, bad, evil if you want to call it that. Um, you know, happiness, sadness, it's right there's there's this balance out there
1: and they explained the they explained the pain and the contrast and all the things i experienced were going to bring me to a deeper place of love and literally in my life pain when i stopped accepting it and creating it helped me reach a deeper place of love within myself i can love all of creation because of all the pain I endure, because I understand it as, as, as a computational value where you cannot learn hot without cold. You can't learn love and how important love is without pain and things like that.
0: Absolutely. Okay, last question for you. And don't be, don't be humble and modest here, but be honest. Do you think there's going to be a day when you're going to be able to go to that beautiful sphere that you saw out there
1: i believe so actually i know it (laughs) i know it it's not like hey i did all this work for these people i should get to go there it's because i'm resonating with love for creation because i don't judge people because every single person i come in contact with i know is a part of source i know they're a part of creation so when i'm talking to people and in my action i treat them as if they're sacred i don't allow them to violate my space with lower energy lower thoughts feelings and emotions but i always treat them like they're sacred and when i give i give it's because i i give because i feel love for creation i don't give to get anything in return so yeah i I firmly believe that i will resonate high enough to be there
0: i hope i can meet you there at some point
1: i'm sure you will
0: Thanks, Steve, for being on the show. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for uh, letting me tell uh, my story.
0: If you've had a round-trip death experience and would like to share it with us, we would love to hear from you. Send an email to me, eric at roundtripdeath.com. And lastly, if you've found this program uplifting, if it's given you just a little more hope in the future, share it with a friend. Rate us five stars and be sure to visit... And be sure to visit roundtripdeath.com. Until then, I wish you everything good that you're looking for in this life and the next.